Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the, well, truly the Paul Pierce Report. I am Jared Weiss. I'm next to Nick Chelso. This program is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, and if only we had a third host on this program. Well, well, oh. well. What's up, oh fellas? Number 34, number 34 is in the house. A tribute tonight. <laughs> Jimmy Toscano from Metro Boston of Celtics blog and CLNS radio legend is on the like show. This. <laughs> you were born like this. All right, well, Jimmy's looking flawless. This game, uh, it was a flawless afternoon before the Super Bowl here. We're going to be really quick because I know you guys want to watch the Super Bowl. We do. I don't I care about you guys. I talk about Paul Pierce for three hours. Okay, so let's honest. talk about Paul Pierce for, let's say, three minutes. minutes. So Six. first off were the introductions where Paul goes out there. He does the old dice, dice game routine that they used to do when the, the big three was together. Yep. They break it out for this one, and it was fantastic. Um, the ovations are incredible, and then the – video after the first time out the tribute to paul pierce was so intense that doc rivers couldn't even look up because he knew the waterworks would flow paul just sat on the bench and just wiped the tears away i mean nick you traveled all the way up just yeah. to watch this one truly incredible it was worth every mile i traveled gentlemen because uh to see paul pierce last time on this court is uh it's quite an honor and he lived up to the billing no doubt about it and the garden was just as good as better than Paul was in the game because Paul only played six minutes. Was this better than the Bill Russell send-off that you were here for? That was, yeah, that was, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got me good there. Yeah, no, no. No, but, but all jokes aside, and we mentioned this during the game, Paul Pierce to guys like me and Jared is like Larry Bird to, me. to, to you and, and to that sort of generation. Right. And I think, you know, the way, the way it ended tonight, and we haven't gotten to the ending yet, but the way it ended and the way it, the way it began with the introductions and just everyone in the garden tonight, you know, people thought, oh, I wish this was on a different day. You know, it's kind of getting overshadowed by, shadowed by the Super Bowl. Not in here, because everybody no. in this arena is a diehard Celtics fan and a diehard Paul Pierce fan, and you heard that from start to finish. And it was packed. The, the arena was packed, and everybody stayed till, and good thing they did, till the very end. Actually, till Paul finished till talking to the media, the kissed the leprechaun, and then the, the crowd started to file out. Mm -hmm. It was a great day. Great day. And most importantly, Paul got in there after, like, every different variation of a Paul Pierce chant that you could possibly have. <laughs> yeah, he right. finally got in with, like, with 17 seconds yeah, left, yeah. I believe. And come on, we all knew that he was going to be in there for the last yep. play. They were going to foul. Uh, yeah, Jamal Crawford committed a flagrant yeah, foul. Yeah. I was just getting a little clock. nervous because the Clippers was all getting of a sudden, close. it was a close game. And I was like, well, they're not going to put him in if it's going to be a one-possession game. So the Celtics need to do what they got to do here. If the fans want to see him, their team has to step up for them and expand this lead. And sure enough. I got a question for you guys. Now, you both have been covering this, the Garden, the Celtics, for several seasons. Have you ever seen anything like where the audience 
cheers we want the opposing player i mean i realize the opposing player is the former captain of the team well, gordon hayward a few weeks ago if you asked jay crowder oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, i don't but, think i wonder if jay crowder was pissed <laughs> off about this one <laughs> but well, you, that was, is it special i mean it's not often seen in sports when something like no. this that was the loudest like word specific chant you i've ever heard that. in my entire life yeah. i've never it was so unbelievably loud and they were like kind of off between the off two sides filter, of the stadium yep, yep. so it's just like a it was like a high-pitched reverberation of just like banshee screams basically yeah, in, ter- yep. Paul. in terms of the fans sort of taking over with their own chant and just rocking the stadium. The only thing I can compare it to is when the Celtics were getting blown out by the Miami, by, by the Miami and Heat. And let's six. go Celtics. The let's go Celtics chant just rang through in, in like a 20, 30 point blowout. But the arena was half empty at that point. This right, was a was full still, crowd. Right. It was but pretty the awesome. Point is, yeah, the point is that's the only thing I can compare it to where the fans sort of like understood the situation type thing and the players in the, and at the time Doc Rivers talked about it after the game how these fans are you know second to none. They get it there you know so passionate and we saw that tonight and I think because it was again on national TV I think a lot of people on the outside who maybe don't see what it's like to be a oh, great fan. advertisement yeah. for, for free agents and potential trade prospects well, yeah, that's right? true too. I mean because we know how the Celtics fans know how to treat their players and Doc said before the game talking to the team that they want he wanted all of his players to go out there and pay attention to the reception that Paul got because mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome that's what you have to work for for your career and Doc said that he wants his players to be completely emptied out of everything they have within them by the time they walk away from the game and that they really left it all out there. And Paul is the perfect example of a player who has left it all out there. And the reception he got was absolutely unbelievable. It was truly a historic occasion. And that shot at the end oh, was truly historic. It was yeah. going to be his first his game shot. in his career where he didn't his score shot. while playing in the garden. And, of course, really? he had to erase it. He got to a spot on the left elbow, which he told me wasn't pre-planned, but that's where he hit that Al Harrington three. Yeah. He's had a lot of big threes yep. from that. Oh, that, left, that left that's wing right there. The There's actually yeah. a little stain on the piece of wood right there. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, but it, that shot was incredible. I mean, Isaiah kind of backed yeah. out of the way to let him get the shot. Not that it mattered in his But he, he had the audacity yeah. to hit the shot. Right. You I know, mean, that's really what it comes it, down sometimes to. Sometimes those shots are harder when guys they are. are letting you take it. Sure. Um, you know, this was, I thought, and I'm not trying to compare, like, whose send-off was better, but Kobe's last year, everyone's like, oh, my God, he scored 60-whatever points. Come on. I mean, the guy took a billion shots. This one, it didn't feel like it was forced at all. Like, everything was natural. Um, and it was just, like, the fact that he hit that shot. I mean, coming off the bench, sitting there for two and a half hours uh, with everyone screaming your name and all that emotion, I just feel like that was just, like, a... I gotta say, I know it's ice cold outside, but the chills going on in this garden today. I mean, I think media alike, everybody was just yeah. so pumped up to see Paul Pierce sent off with the, the in the classy way, right. classy fashion. The Celtics I don't did think it we today. Were totally shocked by what we saw, but I no, think a lot we, of the national media. I think was. so for sure. Well, Paul Pierce got an ovation even from the media at yes, the press conference. And what was great was he said, just going back to that shot, he did say that he thought that the fans would lynch Doc yeah, if he, did. he didn't get put in the game. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely an aggressive uh, way to describe it. But you know, Doc said that Doc was putting him. He did, Doc said I didn't have a choice. That it was like actually Doc made his own kind of dark reference. Yeah, he said he it was like the mob that every time you think they're out, they pull you back in. And right. hey, Doc, I mean, Doc Doc's made the right shot. move, which you knew he was going to do. It was a storybook ending, and it was a great way to end the garden report so you're going to go watch the super bowl in a few minutes so thank you so for watching we. this before we go ZipRecruiter is the way to hire somebody in the 21st century go to ZipRecruiter.com sports fan to post your job to over 200
200 job sites, and maybe you could even work for a company like CLNS if you use that. Uh, so thank you to everybody here, for Nick Jelson, for Jimmy Toscano, for you, Kyle guys. George working thank his you. last game behind oh, the Kyle. camera. Yes, Kyle. Before Come here, Kyle. he takes over as the Celtics <laughs> the digital This guy right here. You should be in front of the camera, to be completely honest. So yeah. this is the guy that's made the Garden Report what it is today over the last few years. He's going to work for the Celtics now. Do you have, I guess, like one last statement to say? Uh, go Pats. Go. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's pretty much his personality in a nutshell. So that is it from the Garden. We'll see you next time on the Garden Report. Peace out. My name is Jared Weiss, and I am here to talk about Zip Recruiter. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business, and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job at one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all of the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. You can post your job to 200-plus job sites, and that includes social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. You just post once and you watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy user interface. There's no juggling emails or calls in your office. You just quickly screen candidates, you rate them, and you hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan, S-P-O-R-T-S-F-A-N. Get it right one more time. It's free at ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Okay. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me just ask you this. What have you brought to the team this oh, year man. on and off the court? Man, you know what? I haven't really played a lot too much this year, but you know, hopefully, I can just share with me, share with the team my experiences, share with them uh, the, the know-how to try to get to a championship level. You know, what's it going to take every day in practice, every day on the court? You know, I just try to share with them my experience to try, try to help elevate this team to championship status. And how, are you enjoying that? Yeah, I am. You know, I get a chance to talk, and I get a chance to mentor, and I get a chance to work with the young guys. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it was chills. It was a lot of chills. You know, I'm still a little nervous right now. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen when I get out there on the court and all the fans are out there. It was it was a lot easier going out there warming out without the fans, but uh, it would probably be a total different reaction once I see the fans in the crowd. And Doc told us you're starting. You were a little hesitant about it. <laughs> I know. I, I've been on ice for like a month right now. So, uh, you know, I, I'll see how I feel. You know, i got to get a good stretch out before the game. What does it mean to you? You know, it feels great. You know, I'm glad Doc, you know, was able to uh, get me out there one last time, knowing this, that this will be my last game <clears throat> as a player in the Boston Garden. So, uh, you know, it's an honor. You know, 19 years ago today was my first game, and I'm as a starter, and I'm ending that off 2017 as a starter in the Boston Garden, ending my career last game here on the same day, which is which is pretty ironic. But my whole career, uh, the way I got here. And how everything ended up, you know, it's pretty ironic, too. You know, being a Laker fan, beating the Lakers in the finals, ended up the 10th pick. You know, things just happened for a reason. Uh, what was the tunnel like going through? What was the tunnel like going through and talking to the fans, signing those autographs? And was that a moment you were kind of taking stock of? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, this is pretty much my last time, so I want to try to sign as many autographs as I could. Um, you know, I'm like, I was like, like I said before, I'm just soaking it all in, enjoying every moment of it, you know, giving it back to the fans what they gave me. You had so many great games here. You did so many great games moments. Is mm -hmm. there any one or two that particularly stand out for you? Um, I guess the biggest moment was just raising that banner. You know, ring ceremony night. You know, and that was probably the, one of the fewest times I ever cried on the court. You know, I can't remember the last time before that, but that was a very emotional night. And I don't remember night me having my, my family there, my mom, a lot of my uncles there just to watch. You know, they know pretty much what I went through. Uh, as a young kid to get to that point. And so, you know, that's a night that I'll never forget. Paul, you've been asked so many times about the big three, but, you know, it's 10 years removed. Can you just talk about <clears throat> memories and thoughts, what your thoughts are? I mean, the memories are always going to be with me. You know, I always uh, going to have a relationship with a lot of guys on that team. You know, I share a lot of different memories with those guys. We still group text a lot of us. Pictures everywhere in my office of that team. And so uh, it's, it's going to be forever engraved uh, with me. Uh, always have a relationship with these guys. You know, it's just something that, you know, we, when you win a championship, you know, it just it, it forms a, a natural bond with you and your teammates that, you know, you share with each other forever. And so, you know, I'll, I'll forever hold that. What was it like for you yesterday? Oh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, it brought back a lot of memories. Uh, like you saw on my, my Instagram page, I went around the city, just kind of cruising, looking around, you know, going to old stomping grounds. And so, uh, you know, when you spend 15 years in, in one place, uh, it's hard to let it go. And just so when you when you come back to it, you know, you just kind of go around and reminisce about it and enjoy the time you have that I had here. And Isaiah posted a picture of you guys together. How did that happen? Yeah, at the end of my night, I, I ran into him, you know, and I told him, you know, I was pretty much, I'm proud of what he's been able to do for this organization, you know, um, the city will get behind you as long as you continue to work hard and, and compete at a high level and, and soak it all up. You know, there's no place like this place in the NBA. You know, it's kind of what we talked about. And uh, I said, I told him, enjoy it. E enjoy every moment. Is it kind of like handing off a proverbial torch? <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's taking it. I mean, he, he's taking the torch, man. He, he's... Uh, the city has been is proud of him and what he's doing. You know, I keep up. I, I've been watching him. And, uh, you know, especially where he's come from. I mean, he's been on like three or four different teams, and now he's finally established himself as an NBA MVP candidate, all-star. Uh, you know, just the route that he took. I mean, he wasn't projected to really do much in the NBA as a small guy, and so he's he's taking a different route than a lot of us. And, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely carrying a torch in his time here. Well, I know that you still have half a season left, but does this kind of feel like you're going out moment? Yeah, you know, it does, you know, because I know how much I, I've been appreciated here. You know, and I think, you know, the other franchises <clears throat> that I played for really, they don't really get it, get it because I didn't play there long. You know, I played one year in Brooklyn, one year in Washington. This is my second year in Los Angeles. So, you know, I spent 15 years here, and, you know, these people really appreciate what I was, what I was able to bring to the game. So it is... So that, it is like my going out moment. Um, uh, I've been working every day. You know, I'm prepared to play. I still think I have something left in the tank to get this team. Uh, whether it be you know end of the regular season playoffs, I still feel like I can make an impact. And uh, but you know that's on the coaches and, and how they feel what's best for the team. I know you're a big Patriots fan. Does it strike mm -hmm. you that you and Tom Brady are the same age? 
I think Brady's a little older than me. Yeah, I think he got me by a couple months. couple months. You yeah. know, but I, I, I wish him, you know, the best of luck. You know, uh, you know, he's, he's in my eyes the greatest quarterback to ever play, man. For him to be doing this at the age he's doing it, he's defying uh, all the odds of, uh, uh, you know, of a football player, of a football quarterback. Uh, uh, but that just show you what greatness. Uh, can be and he and he is one of the greatest I mean he it looks like he could do this for another five years and so hopefully they go out there win another Super Bowl for the city um I've given a little thought you know I've thought about maybe still being involved with the game of basketball in some kind of way whether it's be upper management I'm not sure about coaching yet you know coaching is still a grind you know when you're coming off a 19 year grind you want to spend a little bit of time with your family so I'm not so sure about that I, I've thought about doing some broadcast stuff uh, I've done that in the past as you know I've done the finals last year so there's some things I have in the back of my mind that I'll consider you know I'm just enjoying this last year for right now then I'll jump into that should Tommy Heinsohn be worried <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Heisen should not be worried. You know, Tommy is here for life. What do you think about the job KG's doing on TV? You know, KG's having fun, man. I talk to him every week because uh, not only is he is he uh, doing Area 21, but he's doing some consulting with the Clippers. So I see him, you know, once a week. You know, uh, so uh, me and him get time, get our time to catch up. We usually go to dinner once a week. And, uh, but he's enjoying life, man. He, he's happy, you know, with his decision to retire. He's enjoying the, the fruits of all his labor. And uh, he's having, he, said, he said he's having the time of his life, man. Is that going to make him feel better about retirement, seeing that he's still enjoying life? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I had a chance to talk to a few people who've been in professional sports, not, even, not only basketball but other sports, talk about when they thought they were ready to retire. And it's, it's definitely put me at ease about my decision uh, and moving forward after this year. I know you sort of like to go out in green and you ultimately will, but do you feel like in that deal with Brooklyn, just that it keeps on giving, could be a number one pick this year? <laughs> I mean, you know, the Celtics and uh, Danny really put this team in a position to, to be great again in, in such a short period of time after, you know, I left. And, uh, you know, I've been able to be a part of that, thankfully. And so... Uh, you know, he, he understands the significance of, of, you know, Boston basketball and, and keeping it at a level where it needs to be at. And, you know, to get the number one pick will be will be pretty awesome and moving forward for this franchise and taking the next step toward the championship again. Paul, what are the defining qualities of those who achieve greatness? Um, I think defining qualities are, you know, work ethic, no sleep, um, <laughs> I think a little bit, a little bit of, a little bit of craziness too. I don't know. You know, people used to say I was nuts because of the hours I would put in the gym, and you know, just get. I mean, just you know, going to the gym at two in the morning was not normal. So it's just not sleeping. You know, a lot of people who do great things in this in this world are, are not sleepers. I don't think. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I think. There's more than a few qualities. I can't think of all of them right now. You know, I think maybe sometimes it's it's different in a lot of different people, but I think work ethic is definitely one, and, you know, you see things that others don't. After all of that, what do you think is the area of your game that grew the most over the years? I just think I had all the tools as far as basketball-wise. It was just about me maturing, my game maturing, you know, and just trying to help the next person. You know, it, it wasn't about me. It was about 
uh, making my teammates better. I think once I matured to that level, uh, it really took me to the next level. Paul, <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas slipped almost, he almost didn't get drafted his last few years. Mm -hmm. He also slipped uh, to selfishly. Uh, how did that, how do you use that as sort of motivation to drive early in your career? Um, I guess uh, as a competitor, you always try to find different things to motivate you. That was definitely one of my motivating factors coming in. I felt like I was going to be like a top two or three pick. So, you know, when things don't go your way, it's, it's only right, it's only natural for a competitor to use that uh, for motivation. I could see that in Isaiah. You know, he, he felt like he was one of the better players in college, which I thought he was. I remember watching him uh, and for him to slip. So he, he's things have always been, you got to understand, a guy like that who's not the, mo not the tallest of guys uh, considered – uh, how tall players are for basketball, so he's always been written against. So he's always had motivation, regardless of him what pick he went. He is his motivation is he's been the smallest guy on the court every time he stepped on the court, and so he was motivated always to prove himself, no matter what level he was on. So he always had that motivation. He always had that chip on his shoulder, and that's the way he's playing. He was never one to sit down. No. <laughs> so the good thing is he's staying busy. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the key for me, you know, whether I go into broadcasting or, you know, full-time daddy mode or, or whatever. I got to stay busy. <laughs> so, yeah, we talk all the time, man. Uh, you know, He's Rajon being Rajon, like, <laughs> like Manny being Manny, Rajon being Rajon. <laughs> you need advice or anything to go through the situation he's going through? Man, you know what? I, I, I respect Rajon, you know, some of the stuff that he said. I mean, I thought it was the, the, the truth. Uh, I didn't have a problem with none of the stuff he said about his, about uh, Wade or, or Jimmy Butler because it, it was the honest truth. And you see that the next game, uh, Wade and Jimmy – they got benched because of what they, because of Rondo was, because of what Rondo said was right. Can you describe like, your mindset here today? Like, you're taking in every hug, every person you see. What's mm -hmm. what is the, what is kind of the mindset for you going in today? Well, I'm just really appreciative of the people here, man. You know, I'm appreciative appreciative of uh, the people, uh, the staff members that are still around here. You know, the fans that that I recognize that's been around here. Um, you know, I appreciate them just as much as they appreciate me. And uh, that, that's the beauty of all this. These, like I said, for the fans, uh, the, the people around here who worked here, had a chance to see me grow from a boy into a man and through my ups and downs. And, you know, we just appreciate each other's journey. And, uh, you know, that's all it is. And now it's time that we're coming toward the end. We all just reminisce, tell the stories, and think about, you know, the good and, and, and you know, where we came from to this point to where we are today. You As you caught a couple people off guard when you went up to them saying, let's get a picture, let's get a picture. And it's, it's the other way around. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of these people that I took pictures with, they, they grew with me, you know, from the ball boys to yeah. the people who work clock to, you know, staff members. You know, we, we all grew together. You know, they was, they was here, you know, when I was here. So. Do you think uh, 10 years ago that you'd still see Gerald? You know, that's that's funny. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was funny because I went in there and saw Gerald, and I was like, man, when he was here last, when I was here, he was the youngest dude in the NBA or, and on our team. Now he the oldest dude in that locker room. <laughs> and so he, 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 he was my young fella. Now he the vet.
over there. So, it's, but it's good to see him back here, man, and doing well. How much have you thought about the legacy piece, and how much how you want to be remembered by the fans, the people around here, and, and what you, what they should remember about you? Man, you know, the thing I want people around here to remember is, you know. Um, not only did I give them everything that I could on the basketball side, but, you know, I think the people here in this city know that I embrace this city like my own. Yeah. You know, the way I went into the community, the way I gave back to the city through my foundation, through um, whether it's like toy dry or, or turkey giveaways, you know, I, I, I went out in the community and I gave back like this was my own. And, uh, you know, I embraced this like it was my own. It is my, my community. So... It was more than just a basketball thing. It was what I was able to do in the community. I embraced uh, every part of it by giving back, you know, whether it be computer rooms or um, health programs. You know, it was stuff that I cared about doing. And uh, I think, you know, people in this city appreciate what I was able to do, not only on the court, but off the court, too. Do you and see it, yourself kind of in the Mount Rushmore, or the all-time starting five of the Celtics <laughs> franchise? You know, I, I don't know where I'll be placed on that list. You know, that's not up to me to decide. You know, I just, you know, did the work. I, I came to work and did the best I can do. And, you know, that's for media or the people who are ahead of the Mount Rushmore. I don't know who that is <laughs> <laughs> to make that decision. <laughs> to make that decision. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, we were just talking about that. So, you know, I, I have no hard feelings toward Ray. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, a lot of people say, you know, how things ended kind of spicy with him going to Miami. But, you know, I think over time things will blow over. You know, we all grown-ups. We all go our, uh, get over things, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that time will come. I don't know when, but like I said, I don't have any hard feelings toward Ray. You know, I'll actually, after he won the championship in Miami, that was the last time I talked to him. You know, I, I congratulated him. And uh, so... Who do you think is the guy that kind of bridges the gap and brings everybody together with you and Ray and KG? Is it Doc? Is it Danny? Is it somebody um, else? I don't know. I think it's going to come from one of us. I mean, it's going to – I think we're just going to reach out, you know, maybe like I was saying, Sherrod, maybe we can get Ray on Area 21 or something, man. We all meet up over there. <laughs> <laughs> brought to the team this year on and off the court well on the court he hasn't been on a lot uh off the court he's been absolutely wonderful I, I it's been really interesting um you know i'm not around a lot of players that have retired uh of paul stature and um he's handled this perfect like he's been so good uh with our young guys uh he's kind of we, we call it the paul pierce school uh, for Diamond and Bryce, uh, he works out with them every morning. Um, you know, I don't know how to retire. I wasn't good enough. I didn't have you know a day or anything. They they actually asked me to leave. Um, but I think the way he's doing it is the way you should do it. Like he's his whole thought now is giving back. Like you can see it every day in practice. He knows he's not going to play most nights. He he works out like he's going to play 40 minutes. Um, he comes early. He's, he's been wonderful. This has been a good year for him. Will he play in the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. Let's hope, you know, for sure. Yeah, he will start tonight. Why was that important for you? 
I just think it was important for him. And I actually thought it was important for the team. I, I went to the team first and asked, and they were looking at me like, what a dumb question. But I, I thought it was an appropriate uh, question for them. And they, they wanted him to start, which I thought was great. Uh, and then I went to Paul, and he was actually hesitant about it. You know, he, was, he, was, uh, he wasn't sure if he should, you know. And uh, then he, he said, okay. And then we made him practice yesterday, which was <laughs> tough for him. So. Hey, Doc, you had him for some of his truly great years. And you yeah. Know, Struck me as sort of an underappreciated star. Yeah. Like when, he, when you had him you know, before the big three. Yeah, well, he's always going to be under, underappreciated uh, because of the way he played. Like, he didn't really wasn't a highlight guy. You know, uh, I made a comment the other day. I, I'm sure he's had 40 and probably didn't show up on ESPN, you know, um, because the way he did it, you know, he was just so fundamentally sound. Um, he could jump. He was a great athlete, but didn't really need it. Didn't show it a lot. Uh, he was stronger than everyone thought. Um, you know, but he kind of just did it his way. You know, he plays at that slow, medium gear. Um, it, and so that's not exciting, you know, for a lot of the highlight stuff. But for coaches, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, and so for me, I probably enjoyed it more than anyone. And my whole coaching staff enjoyed it because you appreciated it, how he did it. Yeah, Kevin's been great, like way better than I. Uh, I didn't know what we were going to do with Kevin uh, because it's Kevin, you know, and his energy didn't know how it was going to work. I just assume, you know, bringing him on your team can't be a bad thing, you know, um, and it's been way better. He, he's um, I think we caught him at the right time, too. You know, he's kind of he's retired, but he still has the joy of being on the floor. And I, like I think it really turned a light back on for him. Like he he really misses it, and you can see that when he works with the guys. Um, you know, I think the young guys, especially uh, and DJ, they've probably learned a different language, which has been great for them as well. Because he he's tough on them. It's it, it's been good. He's he says things that I would never say, and uh, that's been refreshing. I don't. I think that's. Uh, I, I think. I mean, he's so intense. I don't think he could. He could do it. It, it would be. Uh, no, it would be the answer. I, what he's doing is perfect because he he has a lot to teach, and he's a good teacher. Doc, you guys have had some blowouts here in the last month or so, and you haven't used Paul in yeah. situations. At a certain point, was it important just to have him ready, healthy for today? And, and did you ever? consider that? Like no, no, I didn't think of that at all. I mean, I just thought uh, going to the game would be a good game to start, Paul. You know, so, no, I didn't think of that. How special has it been for you to get the band back together? Oh, it's been really nice. I mean, uh, it's funny with Kevin. You know, Kevin loves talking about, you know, all the, the stuff that we did, and uh, I mean, he's just good, so it's been a lot of fun. Even the first day was really cool, because he comes up to the office with Paul, and you're sitting there talking, and uh, it's funny now, you know, they don't view me as their coach anymore. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I don't know what they would call me, but uh, they say things in front of me that they never used to say. And uh, that's been pretty cool for me, actually. Uh, I, I've learned a lot of things about our team that I didn't know. Uh, you know, uh, like some of this really interesting stuff, you know. So uh, that's been really good. 
Yeah. Where do you think you guys are? Uh, well, we're not healthy, obviously, without Chris and Blake. Is uh, the last game was uh, I thought his, his first game like that. You can see him coming back to being a hundred percent. So, uh, but he's still working through his stuff, and well, we're good. Like the way I look at us. You know, we obviously wanted a one or two seed, uh, and then when you get all the injuries, that those are gone. So uh, I don't worry about it. Like, I, I, my whole thing now is let's get healthy. And once we get healthy, uh, we're going to be really good. Um, and all the guys that are playing the, the extra minutes will benefit. You know, Raymond and Austin and uh, all the guys, they, they're going to benefit from the minutes that they play. Uh, I think they appreciate you know, playing 34 and 5 and 8 minutes a night, I think those guys understand that's harder than they imagine. So I think all that's been good for us. The four seed, I would love it, but I'm not going to worry about it. I really am not. I'm far more concerned about us being healthy. I mean, I don't care where. We can go to seven seed. I really don't care. Uh, I We are a great road team. We've been a great road team. Um, I don't think our guys care. I think obviously early on they did. Uh, we got out to a 14 and two start, but then once the injury started, I think I think there's a really confident group. How healthy is Raymond? not that healthy. I mean, but he's healthy enough to play. Uh, right now, we don't have a lot of guards, so we don't have a lot of choices in the matter. Is it more shoulder, leg? What is it? I think it's both. I think it's the shoulder and the leg that they're both. He's just banged up. You know, he's a running back. You know, that's how he plays basketball, and running backs get banged up, you know. What's your take on the Celtics this year? Well, they've been really good. You know, they started out slow, obviously, and, uh, you know, they've had injuries too as well. You know, they, you know, missing Avery is bigger than people give credit for. Uh, but offensively, they've been amazing. And um, that little guy is just ridiculous. I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm amazed when I watch him, just somebody that small, and finishing like I could see a small guy scoring in our league because of the rules now but I would never imagine a small guy scoring in the paint the way he scores uh it just every time you watch him I mean last the Laker game the other night they run the pick and roll and you're sitting there okay he's going to get to the basket uh and he does and he makes a shot over three people uh he made a huge shot here last year uh that sent it to overtime against us where we played the play exactly the way we wanted to play it. Uh, we forced them away from the basket, you know, and shoots a running left-hand hook shot. You know, the guy is just a talented scorer. Uh, but I think he's really matured. I think Brad's been great for him because um, he's allowed him to be him. Uh, and I think in return, I think Isaiah's really become an unselfish player and he gets other people involved. So uh, I think it's, it's been a perfect fit here for him. When you first went to L.A., did you expect DeAndre to become the player he has all NBA? I really did. Um, um, he'll tell you. We sat down. Um, you know, we wrote about it recently, but we sat down at uh, his favorite restaurant, and I gave him a list of the things that he should be, and all that was on there. Um, you know, it's funny. We I saw his who I thought he could be in, in our game in L.A. when we were with Boston, and they blew us out. The last year I was in Boston in L.A., and we were sitting there, and me and Eddie Lassert, of all people, were sitting there. That's what coaches do when you're down 30. You talk to your trainer about players. And uh, I remember Eddie saying two things, and both of them have come true. The first thing he said was, uh, man, I would never coach here and have the Laker banners hanging while a Clipper game is going. That, that was Eddie LaSert's thought. And I was thinking, oh, that's true. 
And uh, the second one, he said, man, this guy's going to be an amazing player. And we were talking about DeAndre. So, Eddie, we should hire as a scout, you know, because he was right. Over the years, what was the thing that Paul developed that you just didn't really anticipate coming? Well, his ability to score where he wanted to score. I mean, I think he probably had that. Uh, but Paul was interesting. I guess Larry was like that. I wouldn't hear doing that. But it's you. I draw a place at the end of games for areas. Paul would point at the spot. And I was always amazed that that's where he got to. Uh, and that's hard to do, you know, because the other team knows where he wants to go to. Uh, so I was just always amazed by his patience offensively. You know, that would be it. First things first, any injury updates, any changes to starting lineup? No changes to starting lineup, no updates. So Avery's still just kind of chugging along? Avery's out. Are you bringing him on the trip? Uh, from what I've been told, he's going to see Doc again today. Um, but the plan was for him to travel. Right, is he making progress? Yes. And no ill effects from Kelly playing? No. He's good. Brad, when Blake Griffin, when Blake Griffin is playing that point forward role, what are the difficulties he presents for defense? Well, I think the, there's a couple of things. Number one is the shooting around gives him a lot of space to work. He's terrific at the elbows. He's terrific on the block. He's terrific at the top of the key. And then they're running a lot of four or five pick and rolls with Jordan. And then, you know, if you switch it, you're going to end up with a five on Griffin and a four trying to handle the roll. And um, he's a terrific passer, so he picks out the right spot. So he can play one-on-one -on -one in the middle of the floor. He can do it at the elbows. He can make the right play. And he's got the right personnel around him to take advantage of you if you overhelp. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, I was just asked, you know, what our reaction to that will be. We'll, we'll stand and cheer. Like, I mean, he deserves that. He, he's clearly um, not only re revered amongst the, the, the people of New England, but also in, in our building, you know, from everybody from strength and conditioning to trainers to, to uh, front office to, to people that were around him. You know, we only have one guy left that played with him um, and Avery Bradley. And so... Um, you know, a lot of our team is like me uh, from the standpoint of where, you know, we didn't get a chance to play with him or be around him or coach him, but we got a chance to, to feel his impact just by the stories and then by obviously knowing what he was able to accomplish here. So, you know, hats off to him on a tremendous career. Nothing else to say, and, and certainly we'll, we'll make sure that, that we're part of the applause. Uh, Brad, do you think Celtics fans got everything they wanted today? Paul Pierce scores a three-pointer at the end, and the Celtics win. I've been told how how smart our fans are, and I could not agree more. But with two minutes to go, chanting his name in a close game, I was like, not yet. You know, um, He hits all the big ones. I mean, just sit there and then come off the bench and hit that shot. Um, that was, you know, it's, it was a special day. From the standpoint of, you know, I said this before the game, only Avery's played with him uh, other than Gerald the first stint. But only Avery was here um, right before he got traded. And, and so, you know, a lot of our guys have, have had him come back. Most of our guys weren't here for the first time he came back. 
And so um, it's special for them to see it, you know, and it's special for them to, you know, obviously he's, he's one of the, the icons of Boston sports, and that's a special group of people. Um, you know what, in the, in, when I look at it now, I'm not. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of looking at it like, not yet. <laughs> but you never feel comfortable as a coach. Brad, just from a, a sports, like, storybook standpoint, can you, have you seen anything like that before where, you know, a guy, like, you know, closing out, a career in a place where a guy like Pierce with that three like that. Have you seen, heard a reaction like that before? No, I mean, this place is electric. And, and one of the things that we said when his um, video was scrolling in the first, we, we quickly called a play and the, let everybody stand there and watch and, and cheer for him because, you know, I, I was actually sitting next to Jalen and saying, you know, this is unique. This isn't the way it is everywhere. And, and it also speaks to what Paul's achieved, but it also speaks to this community. And, um, you know, again, the way that they embrace their, you know, um, the best that have worn uniforms in this town. How, how did you approach coaching the team, you know, with all the emotion? No, no different. I didn't even mention it. You know, I, I mentioned that he was starting. We found out he was starting. So we went through how we were going to guard with him in the game. Um, because they had been playing three smalls together, but um, didn't mention anything else. I mean, th those things are going to be um, everybody else is talking about them. So our focus was on the game. Brett, uh, Brett how's Jonas? Jonas um, got hit in the nose, uh, nose swelled up a little bit, having a going to get a picture on it. Um, here shortly, and we'll find out if it's broken or not. Um, but everything else is good. And uh, 53s, is that, was that designed? That's what was open. You know, not an ideal number by any means, but it was the right shot because I couldn't argue with a lot of them. I mean, there were some that we didn't get enough ball movement, but most of them were, you know, there were a few in the first half where I felt like if we're, we start making shots, we can really – push this thing out and we um, that's what was open and you know sometimes with obviously Blake down there but also with DeAndre Jordan there you know you're gonna get paint threats but shooting it through those guys isn't always the best idea and so to be able to you know get a head fake and get it out to the perimeter if those shots are open you have to take those and we've you know we've shot a lot of them this year but it's been a big reason why we're scoring the way we're scoring. Coach, 15 rebounds for uh, Al Horford today. Al was How great was today on, on both ends. Um, you know, obviously he only shot four for 13, but he just he had a great um, presence, the way that he was handling the ball, the way that he was rebounding. His defensive um, awareness kind of helped lead the charge. I thought he and Amir were both excellent defensively. And uh, I thought this was one of our better games defensively for a large part of it. Um, you know, and so I'm excited about that. Just real quick about Al's passing in terms of keeping the continuity of the offense too. Was his passing surprise you? How good he is? I think that's one of the things we knew that he could do. I'm not sure we knew he was this good at it, but I think that 
this is, you know, we like to play through our bigs, and one of the reasons why we prioritize them in the summer beyond just the, what he's accomplished and who he is as a person is his ability to make decisions with the ball. Doc, what was your reaction to the reaction to Paul, and why did you put him back in? Because the fans made me. <laughs> I mean, I'm no dummy. No, we're, I, I was going to anyway. Uh, but, the, you know, um, you, you felt like the mob, you know, every time the game's over, then they kept pulling us back in. And you know, we kept getting the game close. And so, I mean, it was, the objective was to win the game, obviously. And um, we didn't do that. So uh, once I thought the game was in hand to Boston, uh, we put him back in. And, and him making that shot just um, – that's just, I don't know what the heck that is. That's, that only happens like here or I don't know what that is. I, I don't know who could sit that long, you know, and, and walk in on the floor and make a shot. I um, also thought it was really classy on uh, Brad and, um, you know, it was a Marquette guy that gave up that shot. Uh, I think it was Jay Crowder. I think uh, it was Isaiah. Oh, was it Isaiah? Yeah. Well, that, either way, it was, it was phenomenal that, um, you know, take it. I mean, he was only a 40-footer and he made it. So I, I just thought that that was, um, for Paul, that was perfect. That was perfect. And what about just the whole reaction the whole day? The crowd was amazing. They are amazing. You know, it's amazing how many of our players, you know, make comments about it. Like, wow, wow. This is, these people are amazing. Um, and they are. Um, and, you know, I, I said something before the game about Paul and it got emotional. Uh, it was just, it was awesome. Did you say you said something to your players in the locker room before? Yeah. What, yeah. what did you say? Just that, um, you know, when you finish your career, um, remember what's going to happen in, in five minutes. And all of you aren't going to be Hall of Famers, you know. Um, but just make sure when you finish your career, uh, you're empty. Like you've done everything you can do. And you walk away with no regrets. And I, I totally look at Paul. And I said, that's what he's doing tonight. He's, he's empty. Uh, he can walk, to, walk away from the game with no regrets. Um, he gave it all. And uh, that's how each one of you, if I have one goal for every player in the locker room, I told him, that's my goal for you guys. You know, just leave it empty. And um, that's what Paul Pierce did. And uh, the fans showed that. And I thought it was it was it was awesome. And that during the video, you call a quick play or something, and then just get out of the way. And were you getting emotional watching it yourself? Um, I didn't look up honestly because I couldn't. You know, I just thought this is game time. You know, I'm a coach, and uh, but Paul was so emotional, and the players were getting emotional. So. Um, I just, you know, listen, I want to win every game. I wanted to win tonight. I thought it would have been great. But the experience tonight will help us. You know, it, it almost has to. If it doesn't, then you don't like basketball and it's not in your heart. Uh, but this, this experience and what it's like to be a champion and, and this is how you're treated um, will help us in the long run. Coach, you touched on Paul's emotions during that timeout. It, it appeared that he actually was moved to tears. Yeah, he was. Uh, have you ever seen a moment like that with a player and, and 
crying in, in the middle of game action with those types of emotions? Oh, I saw a big baby cry one game. <laughs> I, 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 think that was, I think it was different. <laughs> but other than that, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I've never been involved in anything like that. You know, um, so that's a, that was a first for me, too. You know, I was coaching Patrick Ewing when he went back to New York, uh, which was pretty cool, too. But that wasn't the last game, you know. But tonight was – that was awesome. Coach, you think, you know, when you see what Boston's doing now, and you think about, you know, Paul, this day football, your legacy and what you contributed to bringing the – and Danny. And the yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, – it's, it's me, but it's Danny. You know, I thought um, – you know, I was telling someone the other day about Danny, like, um, you know, he's nuts. He really is. Um, but he's, he's a good nuts. You know, like, um, I, I just remember from my point of view, when we were really struggling, um, he would come in after every game and apologize to me. You know, and just every game, hang in there. Just hang in there. You're, you're a hell of a coach. Just hang in there. And, um, you know, listen, um, you, you know our league. That doesn't happen. You know, when you're rebuilding, most of the time once the team gets good, that guy's gone. And Danny just kept saying, we're going to get this right. You have to be patient. I, I don't know how many times he told me, it's you that have to be patient. We're good. So that's what got it started. And now um, it just continues, and it's good. You know, it's good to see them play well, and it's good to see the fans uh, react to how they play. They are an unselfish basketball team, and that's Brad Stevens. And it's really nice to watch. Doc, you alluded to it earlier, but you know, the, just the second half, the nonstop Pierce chance from the crowd. You know, how distracting was that for you? Did you think about it at some point, like bring him in, you know, earlier on? No, I, I, that, I already kind of uh, going into these games, like with Paul and the Boston. You better have a game plan before the game starts. And so my game plan was to start him. I told him it was senior night. You know, um, and then after that, uh, at the end of the game, you know, depending on the situation, I, I told my coaches that we would put them back in, you know, um, and it, it turned out to be the right situation. Thank you, guys. All right. Good to be back. Definitely good to be back one last time, man. Paul, what went through your mind when that three-pointer – was good. <laughs> you know, I, um, it's a tough situation. Been sitting for like the last two hours. Then I had to come in there and get a get a shot. But um, I'm glad I ended it that way. I was able to, you know, you know, you want to come in and get a win. But you know, it was a tough day. You know, not only for me but for my teammates. You know, there's a lot of emotions rolling through. My teammates kind of felt it too. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm glad I was able to cap it off. You know, my last game. In the garden, at least I can just, you know, say I put one last bucket in at the end of the game. But uh, it was, it was, it was tough, man. Just the fans are awesome. These are best fans in the world. I mean, I never felt anything like this. Um, I truly appreciate my time here. I truly, I truly appreciate tonight. <clears throat> fans really showered me with a lot of love. It was just, you know, you really don't know <clears throat> what you, what you meant, you know, to a team or, um, while you're playing. And, you know, you really don't get a chance to really reflect on it while you're playing, I'm sure. You know, it hit me a lot tonight, but I'm sure it's going to probably hit me a lot more when I'm done playing. But, uh, 
you know, this is something I, I truly felt tonight, the appreciation uh, of what I've been able to give this city and what they've been able to give me, you know, not only on the court but off the court too. Paul, you kissed the uh, the logo look like before the game there. Was that a spur of the moment type thing or is that something, you know, that kind of – It was kind of pre-planned. I know I wanted to give Lucky one last kiss. So, uh, you know, that – you know, Lucky's been through it all with me, through the ups and downs. You know, he's even helped me out on a couple of occasions. So, uh, you know, this is the last time I'm going to touch this floor as a player. You know, I'm sure I'll be back <clears throat> uh, as a fan. But as a player, that was my last time, so I thought it was only fitting. Kiss the floor goodbye. P, did you, uh, did you fear for Doc's safety when the crowd was chanting for you and wasn't putting you in? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, man, if Doc don't put me back in here, he might get lynched. I don't know. He might, they might throw him off. They might throw him off the top of this building, or something. Nah, nah, no. Nah, me and Doc talked about it though. You know, it, it was, it was perfect. You know, I mean, I haven't been playing a lot anyway, but it was good for Doc to put me in one last time, and I was able to, you know, get the last, get the fans one last shot. Paul, what was it that actually moved you t- to tears during that, that time out during the first quarter? Man, it was just. The, the, just the showering of love in here, man. You know, I, I just this is this is like my, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get a every arena shower of love like Kobe did in his farewell tour, you know. So this was like my last goodbye, you know, not only for the Celtics but you know, pretty much to the NBA. This is like my truly my appreciation day. I felt like, you know, national television game right here, uh, 19 years ago started my first game. Here, February 5th in 99, ended off 2017, February 5th. You know, all those things running through your mind, and it's just the love they was able to give me, and I'm looking like, you know, this is it. You know, that's all I was thinking. You know, this is my last time on this floor, being a, get, getting the opportunity to run up and down the garden floor. And so uh, <clears throat> the next time I'll probably do it, I'll probably be in a, who know, an old man's league that play before the games. You know, those those scrimmage games they play before the game <laughs> at 3 o'clock. <laughs> but uh, just to be able to be out here as a player, um, just the fans, just, you know, everywhere you look, you saw 34 jerseys. Everywhere I looked, I saw Pierce shirts, um, posters. It was just, it was just, it was just beautiful to watch and, and be a part of this and uh, be a part of the Celtic franchise. Two things. You, you and Isaiah seem to have a mutual admiration thing going on back and forth. Can you talk about, A, the defense or lack of defense on that shot? And did he, <laughs> did he say anything to you after you made the shot? No, it was just like, you know, you know, thank you for all you did for this franchise. You know, and then uh, I had a chance to see Isaiah last night. I kind of ran into him. It wasn't really planned. It's just, you know, we ended up at the same place. And I was just like, you know. I'm happy that he finally found a home because there's no place like this place. This is a special place. You know, he's been on a lot of teams in his short career, you know, and this is a place where hopefully he can call home for a long time, you know, because I think the way he plays and what he's done over the last couple of years, he's really shown and <clears throat> uh, what Celtic, being a Celtic is all about. You know, this guy's one of the littlest guys in the NBA, but he has one of the biggest hearts in the league. and. You know, the fans here truly appreciate that. And, you know, that's the kind of things I try to tell them. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can have a home here for a long time. But, uh, you know, he it's the end of the game. We're down 10 points. Of course he's going to let me shoot. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> you didn't have to tell me to shoot that last shot. Oh, that was going up regardless. 
you, you've made a lot of big shots, but was there pressure on that shot? It was a little bit. I was like, you know, after I've been sitting for two hours, <clears throat> you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to even get it to the rim. Hey, but, you know, I made a lot of shots in this building, so uh, I'm happy. I'm happy it went in. Paul, did you see um, earlier in the first quarter, did you see Isaiah do a little nod to you of holding the pose after the three? What do you mean, the nod? Or he just, like, he kind of held his follow through like you used to do after one of his <laughs> three points. I don't know if you see it yet. But I, I, I don't, I don't remember that. it. Uh, you talk about those weird things I did after I shot. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he understands that sometimes you got to wheel the ball in the hole. You know, that's, that's what that is. You know, when they see me shoot the shot and I lean to the side, that's wheeling the ball in the basket. So he's starting to learn that part of the game. Paul, you hit that three from that left wing, which has always been your spot. Were you mm -hmm. just planning on trying to get to your spot? You knew it would go in no matter what. Man, you know what? I was just trying to get a shot up. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was seconds was winding down. I just, you know, we ran a pick and roll. You know, I just wanted to get the shot up. It wasn't, it wasn't pre-planned where I was going to shoot it. So I'm happy I was able to get one last shot, though, man. I'm thankful to just be able to step on the court, get one last shot, bury it, get a fan something, wave to the crowd, kiss Lucky. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I can I can put it all to rest now. A couple more people. Paul, based on your attire, you haven't forgotten your roots here. You got a prediction for a final score? Ah, man, usually, you know, the last few Super Bowls that the Patriots been in, it's been kind of like a thriller. So I'm, I'm predicting probably like a 37-31. You know, Falcons is going to drive. You know, they're going to get it to the 10. They're going to be down six and then something – we're going to get like a, a big sack or interception and game over. It's going, the defense is going to win. Paul, uh, during the player introductions, whose idea was that to do the old school Celtics? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. I, that, I, I just, we've done it one other time during the season. It was like I started a couple times, we did it. And it just kind of, we just jumped into it, I guess, spare of the moment, last minute thing. Man, thank you all again. Appreciate everything y'all On behalf of all of us, Paul, thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Congratulations.